MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. And welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 224. Who is it going to dedicate this one to? Um, let's send this one out to Dusko Todorovic, an amazing, amazing fighter, as, as he showed last night, how amazing he is. Thank you for coming to the podcast. I'm Jeff Chalks Fox, the chalkiest better around, or at least on this podcast, except for last night when I decided, hey, I'm going to go crazy and pick four underdogs. And guess what? Last night was a very, very chalky night in the UFC, of course. So my strategy did not pay off. Um, yes, we still live in a bizarre world where the grass is blue and the sky is green and Gumby Vreeland is beating me every week with his picks. So um, I think this happened last year near the end of the year as well. So ho- hopefully I can weather the storm and, and win this year once again. I'm, I'm still hanging on. I'm still in the plus for the money. So I'm still, but I know none of you follow my picks anyhow. You only follow Gumby's picks. So. Let's bring him in now, the man known as the Gumby God, or Danny, depending on, on where you know him from. It's Mr. Gumby Breland. Hello. It was a weird one. I realized uh, when you, you know, because you're just talking about being the chalkiest guy in the whole world. I realized after the Brandon Roy Vall fight had fallen off, I yeah. was down to, to only two underdogs. Yeah, which I had is, four and you had two. Which is very rare for me. Yeah, it was originally four and three, but obviously with that fight falling off, I lost one of my underdogs, so four and two, and I hit one of them, uh, and it was a yeah. very, very chalky card. That's for darn sure. Yeah, nine, nine out of eleven, I believe. Yeah, were, and, favorites, and the one that did come through was uh, like basically an even money Malkin pick for us, so hardly an underdog. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird one for sure. And Dan, once again, won. So um, we should, we should dive into, dive into these things and try to make sense of what happened. So we're, we were talking about UFC fight tonight, Grasso versus Abarujo. Ar- Ar- they were trying to say it right. Some of them were trying to say it right last night. Uh, we're putting that extra um, syllable in there. Abarujo. Yeah. They, 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 it wasn't the best group of people for pronunciation, no, I will say. Uh, and, and that's no knock to Brandon Fitzgerald or Paul Felder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we did have Dominic Cruz on the podcast, on the, uh, on the uh, broadcast again, which is always, always a treat. So yeah, we had Grasso versus Aro Rujo. And as Dan said, we ended up with only 11 fights because one of the fights, maybe the fight we were most looking forward to uh flyweight encounter between top prospects, Askarov and Brandon Waybell fell off. Askarov, um, what he was so heavy. He wasn't, didn't even bother to weigh in. Right. Basically. I guess I guess he wasn't so heavy, um, but I think there were health complications. What I'm getting and what I'm hearing from people who were there was that he he wasn't a lot heavy. He was just a little bit heavy, but like his body was shutting down. So he was like, even if I get on the scale three pounds heavier, the commission is going to kick me out. And uh, apparently Roy Vall offered that if he stepped on the scale heavy, he would take the fight at any weight. Uh, and he still didn't. So that that lets me know. He was either not willing to fight for a abbreviated purse or, you know, like he, he's just really something physically wrong with him. 
I'm starting to think that Wake County may not be healthy. I don't know for sure. I haven't done the research, bro. But there is a there is a fight coming up that we can talk about. Actually, the first two fights we're going to talk about are great examples. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm starting to think it's it's a strange thing to do. So anyhow, we lost that fight, and then CJ Vergara, the other flyweight belt, a male flyweight belt, CJ Vergara came in at 129 pounds, so three pounds over the late. Uh, the non-title limit, four pounds over the title limit. Um, so he lost 30% of his money, which went to Tatsuro Taira, who who had a good night because he won his fight. He got a chunk of Roy Ball, a chunk of Vergara's money, and he uh, hit the fight, hit the performance of the night bonus. So, all right, let's dive into it. it was UFC Apex. There there were people there. It wasn't just um, billionaire um, tech moguls. There were actually normal grubby people there uh, who have to do normal jobs for a living main event went exactly how we predicted the winner plus basically the way the fight went alexa grasso outstruck viviana abra rujo uh 50 45 49 46 49 46 i i'm not sure which both uh, all the scores were correct i'm not sure which one i was on i i, I could see a five and five oh i could also see it four one so but arujo's um corner told her that she was winning the fight so who knows? Apparently, they knew something we didn't know. But we had Grasso minus 220. Um, I wouldn't say this was a statement win by any means uh, for her, but, but she basically did what she had to do and did what we expected her to do. Yeah, and I, I would say, you know, you said I'm not sure if 5 up nothing or 4-1 is the right number. I, I wouldn't have even minded 3-1 Grasso. Like, the, some of those rounds were close enough that if you wanted to give them to Arujo, like, she definitely... She definitely landed big shots in some of those rounds and was moving forward. But like at the end of the day, she was the one getting hit more, no matter what the stats say. Like Grasso was hitting her. Um, She was mostly punching arms. So, yeah, I thought Grasso won. This is a great example of why moving up a weight class and not cutting so much weight is super helpful, though, because, you know, Arrudo had a terrible time trying to take her down. Um, yep. And when she did take her down, she she got reversed uh, a yep. couple of times. Not, not even just did Grasso get up, but Grasso, like, you know, reversed her. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say in this fight, uh, I don't think Grasso flies up the rankings for this win. In fact, I, I filled out my rankings this morning and I didn't change where she was because I didn't think this win should put her in front of Manon Firo, who is who I had right in front of her. No, um, Firo would, would destroy her also in, uh, yeah. in an actual fight. Yeah, I think so too. And but like at the same time, like that's a big win for her. That that's like clearly shows she belongs in the division. It's her best win so far. But like you're right, it's just like the it was kind of unremarkable in that there was like no big moment where you were like, ooh, got to get behind Alexa Grasso now. Yeah, now checking the performance rankings I do on my MMA site, moneymma.substack.com. Make sure you check it out and subscribe. Looks like Grasso moves up to six. So we got Shevchenko and Andraj Chukagian. Blanchfield is up there. Uh, Andrea Lee is up there, but only because she had a bunch of finishes. Uh, she's not done very good recently. Um, and then we got uh, Grasso. So there you go. Yeah, she, I, it, and I think I, to, to be honest, I think I have her at 6-2. I don't know what her official number is, but it, I remember correctly this morning. I think I have her at 6 right behind Manal Firo at 5. Yeah. Yeah, Fiorel just has not had enough fights yet to to put her up in my rankings, and she's got to get more finishes. But I, I would take her over Grasso in a fight, like as I said. Um, yeah, Grasso. She says she, she wants another fight before a title fight. Uh, that's uh, that's a good call because you, you're going to get another another uh, fight before a title fight, I think. And 
You don't want any part of Valentina Shevchenko at this point. You know, though, I will say this. I, I think her style it would be tricky for Shevchenko, right? Like, I, I think if somebody's going to beat Valentina Shevchenko, it's going to be a striker-heavy person who can keep up the pace and point fight, um, right? Like, that. that's kind of why I, I thought— me. That's kind of why I thought Manolo Firo is like the right match for Shevchenko too, right? Is because she strikes well from distance and she keeps her feet well. Nobody can take her down. She can like surprise you with a takedown, has good jujitsu when she's on the ground. All of those things are true of Grasso too, although she's just like a little bit smaller. So I'm not sure, you know, I wouldn't definitely would pick her to beat Shevchenko, but like I give her a better chance than like, you know, no offense. I love Aaron Blanchfield, but like, Aaron Blanchfield's style is not the style I feel like that is going to be Valentina Shevchenko. Nobody is going to take down and grind out Valentina Shevchenko for 25 minutes, or at least it doesn't yeah. feel like it at this point. So maybe somebody who can outpoint her a little bit like uh, Grasso is the right answer. Very good point. And Grasso is very good at blocking punches with her forehead. Her forehead's always a disaster at the end of all her fights. So Yeah, that is a really weird one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's always her forehead, which I guess is good. If you're going to get hit in, the, hit in the head, get hit in your forehead, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a suggestion I'm going to give to anybody here, but <laughs> sure, sure. All right, so we hit Grasso minus, what, 220? It wasn't that, wasn't that big of a score. Not enough of a score to, to get me out of out of uh, the red and into the black. So, all right, before we move on, let me tell you about a win bet. I haven't told you yet. Thinking of joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get you $100 free bet. Plus, WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club? Of course we are. Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet, odds-wise, gets a $1,000 free bet. Just a few weeks ago, someone turned a $6 bet into a $4,000 win, plus they got a $1,000 free bet. WinBet is truly hashtag DeGens only. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms, conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough embed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Co-main event, one of my silly picks. Did not come through, even though he, he didn't look horrible, horrible. Cub Swanson got beat by Jonathan Martinez. Leg kicks, which I always respect. TKO leg kick, uh, 419 into the second round. Very biggest win of Jonathan Martinez's career, I would say. At least... Um, at least uh, fighter name-wise. Maybe not at this point of his career, but nonetheless, big win, minus 210. Gummy got him. Yeah, uh, definitely agree with you on that. I will say, this one's a weird one for you to miss. I thought about this afterwards. This is everything you usually pick against. Uh, yes. It's an old guy. It's yep. a guy coming down a weight class for the first time. Uh, it's a guy who is fighting against a guy on a nice win streak. And you still went with Cub Swanson. And yeah, like he, he looked like a guy who shouldn't have come down a weight class. That's what he looked like to me. And, and he, he didn't lose because of it, though. But yeah, there's, but, there's no but, reason for it. But but I mean, maybe he didn't lose because of it. But do you feel like if he fought Jonathan Martinez at 145 pounds like last year, it would have looked like that? Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I might still pick Jonathan Martinez in that fight, but I wouldn't pick him to win by stoppage. And let's be honest, he stopped him with leg kicks. He could have stopped him at the end of that first round. Herb Dean did Cub a huge yep. favor by letting that fight go to the second round because I wouldn't have. I would have I called it there with, like, three or four seconds left. Um, So, like, I, I think he got, you know, popped a couple of times by a guy who, 
you know, I, and I love Jonathan Martinez. I think he's really skilled. But, like, look at Jonathan Martinez's record going into that. Decision over Vince Morales. Decision over Alejandro Perez. Decision over Lavad Lavashvili. Decision over Thomas Almeida. Like, he hasn't finished anybody since August of 2020, and that was Frankie Sainz. So, like, yeah, like, it was a good performance by him, but not the type of loss in the method of loss that Cub Swanson was having at featherweight. Yep. True. I don't know what he's thinking, but I, Hey, I guess he thought he's going to be a bigger fighter, but he basically fought a guy the same size pretty much at Bantamweight. So whatever. Um, I missed, uh, I almost got this one right. <laughs> it, it, it looked so good for that first round. Jordan Wright destroyed Dusko Todorovic in the first round, like close to finishing him multiple times. And then it went to the second round, and the the uh, the uh, script got flipped. Um, I, I Todorovic won minus two ten again. So the, the, we had back to back plus one seventy minus two ten fights, and I I was on the dog of both of them, which is something Gumby would have done normally. Todorovic punches and elbows three twelve into the second round because Jordan Wright basically just uh, gave up at that point. Um, I still stand by my uh, <laughs> my pick, and I stand by saying both these guys suck. Uh, it's ridiculous that they won fight of the night because that was just a bad fight all around with a couple of bad fighters in it. Yeah, I mean, it was entertaining, uh, it, but in like the worst kind of way. <laughs> um, yep. I, like this is exactly why I don't like Jordan Wright is because he's either going to knock you out two minutes into the fight or he's terrible. Um, I, I'll give him props. He seems to have added a little bit more of a wrestling game. Uh, they, they mentioned, I don't know if you heard the broadcast cause I know yep. you listen to it on mute sometimes they mentioned on the broadcast, he's been working with Vladimir Matyushenko, who yes. I was a huge fan of back in the day. Um, so like, it's cool to see Jordan Wright doing that. But again, like, dude, you can't only have five minutes of gas in your tank and fight in the UFC and it doesn't matter. If you're matter. Back Ninja, you can. It doesn't matter if you're fighting Dushko Todorovic, who is like, <laughs> you know, again, probably not one of the best dudes in the division, but like. Probably he just did whatever he wanted to Jordan Wright in that second round, which is, I mean, like just such an indictment of Jordan Wright. Do you think, you know, we're, we're on the firing portion of the show. Do you think they let Jordan Wright go after this one? No, he won five of the night. So I think that's probably going to save him. That's wild to think about, isn't it? And like, he's won one of his last five fights. It was against Jamie Pickett. And other than that, this is the deepest he's gone into any of those fights. Yep. Like this is this is the longest he's survived is Dushko Todorovic in halfway through the second round. Yep. No, I I, I think he's we're gonna fire people soon, Dan. But I think he's gonna survive just because he fights dumb and they love dumb fighters who keep their heads chins up the whole time. It's wild. <laughs> he he can eat a punch. You gotta give him that. He ate a bunch of punches standing there <laughs> with his head up in the air. Yeah, he's like, hey, he's dude, he's wrestle. a good. I'll, I'll say this about him. He's kind of a fun offensive fighter and there's no aspect of his life that th- thinks even for a second, maybe I should play some defense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Um, boy, Austin, the rest of the world got the, got the next pick, right? Rafael Sunsa is not getting cut, Dan. Victor Henry should though, after getting destroyed by Rafael Sunsa, 30, 27 across the board, who could have saw this coming? Not us. We went super heavy on, on uh, Henry with our recommended plays, Gumby especially, uh, bulk of his money was tied up with uh, Victor Henry, and boy, did he let us down. Um, I, we were harping on, as I was watching this, like we were harping on how old Asunso is, but Henry's 35 himself, so it's not like he's 
so much younger. And um, Sun Sao Turnbuckle, the clock last night, looked fantastic and was the biggest underdog to come through. One of the only two underdogs, and he was a very sizable underdog. What was he at? We had a uh, minus 350 for Henry. So Sun Sao was plus 275. He came through. Yeah, this one for me is really frustrating on the front of Victor Henry because when the fight started, the commentary team was like, this is a guy who doesn't mind taking a shot to give a shot. And then immediately after that, for 15 minutes, he was very clearly too worried about taking a shot to give a shot. Um, You know, like he went for it a couple of times, but in, in very limited moments, I don't know if like one of the early counters from a Sun Sao stung him enough to make him gun shy, but like he was very clearly super worried about the counters, which is wild because if you go back and watch his first fight with Rayoni Barcelos, he like he had the exact opposite approach. Like nothing could deter him from throwing punches. I think they said he landed like 300 against Rayoni Barcelos. So like why did this turn him away? And I have to think either something landed early or he like overly game planned that a Rafael Sunsau is a good counter puncher, but it, it was a little bit disappointing from like a fight IQ standpoint for Victor Henry here. How about Haoni? Okay. Put some respect on his name. Sure. Haoni Barcelos and Rafael yeah. Sunsau. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yeah, that was, that was a disappointing uh, outcome to say the least. Um, all right. The opener on the main card. Uh, came through very good for us. Alonzo Manifield knocked out Misha Sirkinov. Punches, 128 in the first round. Uh, typical light heavyweight, not very good fight, but uh, Manifield uh, um, took care of the Canadian, and Misha Sirkinov is getting fired. I've decided he's getting fired. Um, he's got he's got her. The move back up to 205. Yeah, and I, I know everybody thinks the move back up to 205 was going to save this dude, but like... Yeah, just wait. Changing weight classes don't save you unless you're, what, Jose... Jose Aldo it worked for. That's pretty much it. But Joe, it's not like Jose Aldo. Everybody says that. Not like Jose Aldo was doing bad at featherweight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jose Aldo was the third best featherweight in the yeah. world. He he was behind uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway, who were like two of the best ten fighters in the whole world, regardless of weight class. So like, he didn't want to be the third best guy, so he moved to a division where he would be the fourth best guy. Um, and like that, you know, that that didn't work either. But yeah, I mean, like. Moving up a weight class didn't help him because the thing he's having trouble with is like his striking is so far behind his grappling that everybody yeah. knows he just wants to grapple. He threw a couple of takedown attempts Alonzo Metafield's way and they were so telegraphed. So, yep. yeah, like it, I don't mean to hate on him either, but like it's time for him to go. Metafield, I mean, did what he's supposed to. What else can I say? Yep. Someone on Twitter suggest, said KSW time for Misha Sirkinov. So maybe the case. Um, all right. So the main card, I went two and three. Hooray. Gumby went four and one. It was a Gumby kind of night. Let me tell you. Um, always when it's a chalky night, Gumby does well. Doesn't he? Isn't that uh, the yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the model around these parts. <laughs> yep. And then, all right. We had Dusko and Jordan got the fight of the night and Jonathan Martinez got a performance of the night. And then we move to the prelims. Uh, Mana Martinez beat Brandon Davis. Split decision. 28-29, 29-28, 29-28. Very disappointed in Martinez here. We, we had him. Minus 160. He messed up Gumby's um, superfan Jong. Hungry Man. Super, Hungry Man Jong superfan parlay. Excuse me. Um, by not finishing this fight. Even though he came very close to finishing it. Um, but yeah. Martinez got the win. But I was not impressed. I don't know. It was a harder opponent than most of the people he's faced. So, like, he did what he was supposed to. 
Brandon Davis is also real durable and like high output kind of guy. So like he might have tired in there a little bit more, but he's young. He's growing. Uh, and I think he's he's going to figure things out a little bit more. But I, I also think split decision is pretty crazy. I think that was a Mana Martinez yep. uh, pretty clearly two to one. Let's see what uh let's see what the intern says MMA decisions had on it while we're at it. And exactly one person had it for Davis. Everybody else had it 29-28. It's not sure dog, but it's Whoa. it's not sure dog, but it is MMA Mania who is now turning into uh <laughs> sure dog's ugly stepbrother. All right. So yeah, this very difficult opponent that Mana Martinez has is now 2 and 7 in the UFC over two stints. So I think uh Killer B, Brandon Davis. Is, I think we're going to fire him too, Dan. I agree with you on that one. I think it's yep. time for him to go. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Underdog came through in the next fight. Even money. We got him at even money at the time that we recorded. But nonetheless, Jacob Malkin wasn't impressed with him either. Beat Nick Maximov. 33-7 across the board. Maximov, uh, very clearly, he wanted everyone to know that he had an injured leg. And uh, I don't know why he kept fighting because he wasn't really trying. And he was, wasn't hiding his injury. And he was... Usually people hide their injuries. He was grimacing and limping and wincing and letting everyone know that he was injured. Yet Malkoon did not capitalize on it one at all. He just fought as he normally would fight. So, yeah, I wasn't really impressed by Malkin um, that he didn't go for the kill here. But he did win, did win us 100 bucks for our 100 buck bet. So I'll take it. I, I'll differ with you on that one slightly. Okay, I, I think his choice to continue to follow his game plan and not chase some like leg kick TKO on leg injuries. I think it was smart by him because like the only thing that Nick Maximoff is truly good at. And we found this from, you know, now the, the third fight he's been in the UFC for grappling when he's on top grappling when he's on bottom or boxing, he's not particularly good. So why would you throw a leg kick that could get caught and you wind up in the only realm where first of all, he wouldn't really have to use that injured leg in second of all, like is then in his domain. So like Melkin by just continuously going back to, I'm going to box him up a little bit on the feet. I'm going to put him on his back. I'm going to make him try to sweep me with his butterfly hooks on his injured leg. Like he did the smart thing, I think throughout the whole thing by just like, I'm not going to deviate from what I plan to do. I'm just going to keep doing it because it's working and I'm going to win this fight. Yes. So a win for Malkin and that's two fights in a row that the, the uh, noted grappler Maximoff has been out grappled. Yeah. And, and it's, it brings me back to my point. Like he is, he's a grappler, right? Like that's what he is. He's good at grappling, but he's not a particularly strong wrestler and he's not particularly strong off his back. He's like a top game grappler, which like, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit with Mackenzie Dern until you add more of the wrestling game to it, that sort of goes out the window as you get against higher and higher level dudes. Yep. There you go. So I don't know. Um, he's still young. So maybe hopefully he's not injured too seriously, even though he sure was playing up that he was. So we shall see. We shall see what the future holds for him. Featherweights hit this one. Joe Anderson, Britu, uh, the, the good Britu came out. The, the Dr. Jekyll, I guess. Dr. Jekyll's a good one. Yes. Mr. Hyde's the bad one. Yes, I think so. Dr. Jekyll came out. Uh, Submission rear naked choke. Lucas Alexander, 202 into the first round. Got his back while standing and choked the late replacement UFC debutant out. So not real impressive based on who he's fighting, but uh, at least Britu actually did what he was supposed to do and won and got us 
$25 for our $100 bet. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if uh, if this is more of a octagon jitters was the first fight and now yeah. he just fights like this because, yeah. you know, we, we've been talking about how he's, you know, maybe not all that trustable. But now it seems like he's back to the style we saw in the regional circuit where he just goes for it. Um, and if that's what he's going to be like, awesome. Good for him. Is trustable a word? It is now. You said trustable. I'm going to put is, that down now. as a possible title for the podcast. <laughs> you do have one of your degrees are in English, is it not? Three of them. Uh, Three degrees <laughs> in English? Well, yeah. I mean, trustable. Trust. I, I trust that trustable is a word then, uh, if, you, if you say so. Um, you're going to trust what I tell you about our, our next couple of uh, sponsors, because I only tell the truth when it comes to our lovely sponsors. Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of, of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge, over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watching all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get, and get 15%, 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O TV.com slash SGP. And finally, Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sportsbooks. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbooks to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to, go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for your game day bets. All right, women's strawweight did not go our way. We were well deep in on Sam Hughes as well. Uh, maybe that didn't come out right, but we were, we, were, um, <laughs> we were picking Sam Hughes in this fight and it did not go our way pierre rodriguez came through over <laughs> sam hughes 29 28 and i got a real laugh for once uh over sam page sam page went back to the old the bad sam hughes so the doctor no the mr hyde sam hughes who didn't wrestle um she has one of those not to insult her but one of those faces that bleed easily like she's always got a bloody uh bridge of her nose in these fights which doesn't help with judges judging fights but no she very clearly lost this fight I don't, she won a round apparently. I'm trying to think what round she won. What round did she win? Do you think she won a round? Or the third. Um, but I'm not sure that that's the one the judges gave her. We'll get on that. While we're at it, I had already put the intern on trustable, which is in fact a word, just so you know. Perfect. Um, yeah, let's see. Two judges gave her the third, but Adelaide Bird gave her the first. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, she's great. She's so, great. Boxing. Real so boxing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Hughes was not the Hughes that we were counting on. No. Uh, I mean, like, my, my biggest issue is just that she didn't decide to go to the ground. Um, yep. You know, like she... She she really should have tried a little bit more offensive wrestling. And I know Piera was like kind of pushing the wrestling herself, but I think doing a little bit more offensive wrestling for her, even if she didn't get Piera down, like she could tell in the, those exchanges that she wouldn't win them. I think it just would have kept Piera guessing enough uh, that Hughes could have snuck in that third round, which, you know, she did on two of the three judges scorecards, but not Adelaide. <laughs> um so, yeah, I, you know, I, I would have liked to see more wrestling out of her. I would have liked to see what would happen if she did get Piera down and got to be on top for a little bit. But, uh, 
you know, not the most disappointing loss for her. She had one two in a row, and Pierre is a good prospect, so uh, I think we'll see plenty more of Sam Hughes. Is she a good prospect? I was going to ask you that. I think so still. Like, she's, she, you know, I, I said this before the fight. I, I thought she was somebody who clearly is, like, working things out because she she was clearly comfortable in whatever she was doing in her old gym, and it wasn't working. And now that she's moved to Fortis, you know, she's moved some stuff around. I don't just expect her to be, like, this undefeated, untouchable product upon arriving at this new gym. She's now two and one since going to Fortis. So I would say if she, you just count that as the beginning of her UFC career and you're like, ah, she's two and one, but she lost a, an undefeated newcomer. Like you'd still say she's got a lot of promise. I'm asking is, uh, I was sorry. I was asking is Rodriguez a good promise. Oh, I think so. I think so. I think she showed me enough with her own wrestling in what she was doing. I'm not, I'm not ready to say like, she's one of my favorite prospects at strawweight, but I'm now, not like you know i'm not auto fading her in her next fight i'm i'm excited to see who they give her next to see what kind of step up she's getting and how many rounds uh does maybe this is what happened last night how many rounds does hughes win because safe Saud loudly uh calls out everything that she does positive in the in the cage he, he, even if even when punches don't land he calls dude, them out. I, I love that dude that dude's yeah. one of my favorite coaches in the whole world he uh both the way he knows his fighters well enough to figure out how to jack him up in between rounds. And Hey, maybe that's what Hughes needs. Maybe Hughes just needs to be told she's doing the right thing all the time. And maybe that's what's helping her because he really does have a good concept of like what his fighter at that time needs for everybody, except for Uriah Hall, who didn't seem to, to make the same progress as a lot of other people uh, in that gym make. He's going to be a boxing star now. Don't worry. Don't worry. Fighting Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yes. <laughs> who, by the way, is already... did Was Le'Veon Bell the one who lost to the other guy from Fortis? Am I... Am uh, I who? He, he lost to Darren Williams. Oh, if really? I, oh, right. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that, Darren Williams, one of the owners. Yes, of Fortis is right. It all comes back together. Um, I'm thinking he's the one who mm-hmm. lost to him, right? He's, yeah, he's, it's confusing. It's Everyone's a boxer now, so it's too hard to keep track. If not, Darren Williams beat somebody else, but still. Yep. Uh, flyweight was supposed to be flyweight. It was 129 pound fight. Tetsura Tyra, legit prospect. I'm a, I'm willing to say now he looks really good at flyweight. Armbarred, CJ Vergara, 419 into in the second round, got himself a performance bonus, got himself part of Vergara's pay. You can read all the pay stuff on the site I plugged earlier. MoneyMMA.substack.com. Yeah, Tyra's looking really good. He looks really good, at, like long and and um, rangy. For a, a flyweight, well-rounded, good striker, good grappler. Uh, we have him at minus 230. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him in the future. Yeah, super young, too. That's the other yeah, thing about him. very young. He's only like 22 or 23 years old or something like that. And, yeah, he he just manhandled Vergara. Um, it's time for a step up for him, though. I, I think we could all agree that. They were definitely slow playing him, being that he, you know, is only in his early 20s. Because, you know, before this, he beat Carlos Candelario, who got his contract to go to the UFC through losing a decision on contender series. And now we got Vergara who, again, not particularly high on. So yeah, it, it's time for him to get a step up. I think you, it with flyweight, there's not enough fighters not to get a step up. So um, it, it's a shallow weight class. So he would definitely be getting a step up and he is 22. The intern check, he'll be 23 on January the 27th. So yeah, I'm liking what I see with him. And then and we started things off with an easy win. Gumby, Always wins on the opener now. Uh, Pete Rodriguez knocked out, punches a knee. Mike Jackson, 133 into the first round. Yeah, so hopefully this ends the Mike Jackson experience because uh, he got himself hurt last night. And if 
UFC lets him stick around any longer, he's going to get hurt even more. Hopefully Rodriguez doesn't like fail a drug test or something now and, and Jackson will sneak by for another fight. Yeah, I feel like that might be the last one for him. Um, although they, they seem to like giving him to like up and comer guys who they're like, we should just shut sign this guy and then see if they can get by Mike Jackson. Because uh, <laughs> if they can't or they like gouge his eyes like 17 times, we'll just release him and then we don't have to deal with him anymore. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it, it's like I said on the show before, uh, Pete Rodriguez is a guy who throws bombs and like he goes right after it. And Mike Rodriguez is a technical boxer type right like he, he just picks his spots and tries to move out and you know isn't a a big power dude so like this always felt like it wasn't going to end right um he, he wasn't going to avoid that power for 15 minutes and yeah he didn't even how, how long did he avoid it for, he avoided it for a minute 90, a 93 <laughs> seconds yeah <laughs> yep. so that concludes the card i went seven and four lost 64 bucks on the year i'm at 65 percent hit rate i'm still up 152 bucks so i'm hanging in there um gumby went nine and two he won 231 dollars he's down 2700 still on the air hitting got time percent got yeah, time he's got time <laughs> recommended plays gumby took a bath because he he got a little fancy and this was not a fancy card nope. last night <laughs> at all he went one and four lost 75 bucks i went two and one i lost 761 so on the year i'm up 58 bucks hit 61 percent. dan's hitting 48 percent. he's down 155 bucks and he's there's still time there's still time and, and I did the research, bro, and I destroyed you in the lock lock picks last year as well. You you were you were putting out this fake news. That you oh, that. oh, so I did not. So I still got time to to change it around for for 2022. Sure. Yes. And plus, I'm I'm looking forward to the clean slate of 2023. Oh yes. Maybe we can change. <laughs> maybe we can find something even something easier that that. Well, actually, who who knows? Maybe I'll end up up money still, and and we'll uh we'll we'll uh, stay course, but. Nonetheless, that was last night's fight card. Pretty good fight card. Um, not anything compared to next week's, at least on paper. We got UFC 280 coming up on Saturday. From they don't call it Fight Island anymore. They they gave up on that, right? I think so, but I don't know. <laughs> it's Etihad Arena in Abu Dhabi, UAB, uh, UAE. Excuse me. It always was not the University of uh, University of Alabama. Birmingham? That's what UAB is, I think, right? Yes. I think, yes. yes. University, yeah, they're the Dragons. Yes. Anyhow, this is you, United Arab Emirates. Um, it's a pretty big fight card. Let me let me tell you the fight uh, lineup that we'll be breaking down for you on Wednesday and Thursday. Main card, Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makashev for the UFC Lightweight Championship. Um, where the champ is... A, oh, actually, he's not the champ. Excuse me, I was going to say the champ's a sizable underdog, but Oliveira... This is for the vacant... Uh, Bantamweight, uh, lightweight championship. Um, and apparently, with the betting lines, Islam Makashev is the second coming of Habib, right? Everyone's just I, assuming that. I guess so. Not man. tipping my hand, not tipping my hand in advance, but I'll yeah, tip so my hand. That's a dumb line. <laughs> it's a dumb line. Everyone, I think everyone is just assuming that, oh, no, this is he's a beeb, he's gonna be just like a beeb, but I haven't seen him really be just like a beeb. But anyhow, we'll break it down soon. Um, Call me an event. Bantamweight Championship. Aljamain Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw. Then we got another Bantamweight fight. Piotr Yan versus Sean O'Malley. Lightweights. Benil Dariush versus Matias Gamrat. Women's flyweight. Caitlin Chukagin versus Menon Fierro. So we got two title fights at the top. And then possibly number one contender fights um, for all three of the other fights. So it's pretty stacked main card. Prelims. Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady. That's basically a fight night main event right there. Uh, Mahmoud Muradov. Dan's favorite actor versus Kyle Bahio, one of our favorite Dana White contender series actors. 
Nikita Krylov versus Volkan Ozdemir. Zubair Tukugov. I haven't said his name for a while, have I? Zubair Tukugov versus Lucas Almeida. Magomed Mustafayev versus Yamato Nishikawa. He's a newcomer, right? Nishikawa? Very, very new. And he's one of those ones who were... They're, they're telling us his age, but nobody actually believes it. They're saying he's 19, but Ugh. he's got like 28 career fights or some shit like that. And like, if you track him back to when those fights started, he would have been like 13. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. Tapology again on the case. Don't worry. Tapology always finds out on these people. Abubakar Nurmagomedov versus Gadzi Omar Gadzhaev. There's a lot of good names on this card that I haven't said for a while. Armin Petrosian versus AJ Dobson. Mohamed Mokayev versus Malcolm Gordon and Carol Hosa versus Lena Landsberg. Pretty solid fight card, I must say. Amazing fight card. It's great top to bottom. What's your under the radar fight on this card? I'm actually a little bit excited about Sabir Tuhugov versus Lucas Almeida. Um, Lucas Almeida is a guy who a, a lot of people were not in on. Um, he, he lost on contender series against Daniel Zellhuber, um, then immediately bounced back with like a big win in jungle fight. Um, and the UFC needed a last second replacement to fight Mike Trezano, um, in 2020, early this year. Um, I'm trying to remember who fell out of that fight, but I'm pretty sure it was a late replacement fight. And, uh, I remember this vividly because he was a plus 200 underdog that I had picked to beat Trezano and somebody had him in the discord. I can't remember which one it was. Somebody had him in the discord at like plus 600 to win by knockout. So uh, he's got like really great hands, which is interesting because Tuhugov uh, does try to wrestle a little bit, but largely hasn't been successful and has been beat by some dudes who can strike a little bit like Hakeem Dawudo and, and Renato Moicano and, Lerone Murphy. So like, you know, who knows? Lucas Almeida might be like kind of a fun fight with him. At the very least, they're going to throw. So there you go. We're going to get you all our picks. Wednesday will be the prelims. Thursday will be our main card picks. But before then, we got another episode for your ears tomorrow. We're going to break down another regional fight card. LFA 145 is going down this Friday. Yes, this Friday. So we'll give you those picks next episode. All right. In the meantime, get in the discord sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash discord it's lots of fun get in there chat with us um twitter sgpn mma gumby runs our account i'm at jeff fox writer he's at gumby Vreeland. he's got another podcast called the top turtle mma podcast you should listen to as well and i already told you about my site and you can read all the stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com for all sports that we cover so i think that's it gumby go ahead until next week, I'm Dana Gubby Freeland. He's the Beverly Hills Ninja Jeff Fox, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>